Hey everyone, it's Tony and Cheryl. Buckle up for another exciting episode of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Good. Here we are again. Here we are again. Yeah, we just recorded eight minutes of the show only to find out that we weren't recording. Because Tony didn't test with his snap snap, clap clap, wiggle wiggle, whatever he does beforehand. But anyway, here we are. It's Yay. working fine now. Um, so... You know, Halloween's coming, and that's kind of all we've been talking about lately, because that seems to be the biggest news in Disney World. Right. And Disneyland, I suppose. Um, fall decor went up in the Magic Kingdom, so... So it's August 13th, which means uh, fall is here. Right. I mean, you know, bring on the sweaters and the leg warmers and the pumpkin spice coffee. Oh, yeah, get ready, Starbucks. I know, it's only like 85 degrees here today in Connecticut. Um, so yeah, fall decor's up in the Magic Kingdom. They have, um, the pumpkins, the Mickey pumpkins are on the light posts and the floral, um, Halloween. He's got like, some hay bales and some yeah, corn stalks right. and some scarecrows. Yeah, mums, fake mums, whatever. Because most importantly, what happens in three days? The Halloween party starts. First it. Halloween party Yeah, Mickey's season. not so scary starts on the 16th. So they are, um, pretty well decorated for that. So yay fall. Yeah. All right. Uh, over in Epcot, work has begun at the former Wonders of Life Pavilion as it transforms to the Play Pavilion. Disney says that this innovative new pavilion is beyond anything we've ever created, and it's complex and, and it completely yeah, and is completely unique to Epcot. Built on the power of play, it introduces an immersive and interactive city where you can explore, create, and interact with some of your favorite Disney characters. It is planned to be ready for Disney World's 50th anniversary anniversary celebration, which begins in October of 2021. The changes will presumably, for the most part, be on the inside, so we just have to assume that the scrims, restricted access for construction workers, and the sounds of jackhammers means that things are progressing as planned. Yeah, um, I didn't know that this was set to happen. Um, I've been a little behind. It isn't until we started this podcast that I've really been kind of up on what's been going on at Disney World, so this one escaped me. There's so much that it's hard to keep track. Right. Well, this this was first announced uh, a couple months ago, maybe four or five months ago. Okay. And they've put out some concept art. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's nice because the Wonders of Life Pavilion, which has been defunct for a number of years and has just been utilized for a lot of the festivals as like a... Um, like a show building. A right? show building. Some vendors were in there. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a nice place to get a little bathroom break. But if there were cooking demonstrations or gardening demonstrations, they would they would go on in that building. So, right. you know, my only question is what's going to happen to all of those demonstrations and vendors? Where are they going to put those people? Well, I can tell you they're not going to go away. No. Because they're huge money makers. They are. You sign up for those like, cooking demonstrations and stuff and they, you know, charge you a pretty penny for them. So I'm sure they'll stick around. Um, I'm just a little concerned that it's going to be kind of just another Interventions, which, while I guess was successful for the first few years, felt like a flop after the first few years. Right. Well, since this isn't based on technology, you know, Interventions was uh, a lot of technological stuff. And the problem with that, I think, was that in the late mid to late 90s, technology started progressing at such a, such a rapid pace that by the time they would put something new in, technology was already surpassed what that was. So, 
you know, they couldn't get new sponsors and, you know, rotate things in and out. Yeah, fast so enough. eventually it just became like a, you know, a, a console video game section. Right. Well, that's a little bit what I worry about with this one, though, because, you know, it says it's an immersive and interactive city where you can explore, create, and interact. That is going to be based on technology. Right. And whatever technology they use for that is going to be quickly outdated. So, yes, you'll still be able to explore but are people still going to consider it immersive when the next step of immersive experiences has come along right. and, you know, they haven't updated, they haven't updated things yet. So. Or they've got to close it for six months to update it. And that update is only good for a year. And when they have to update it, you know, close it for another six months after that and update it. And, you know, they just play this game of catch up. Um, yeah. Anything. I feel like all these things that are not actual rides that are so, um, focused on the technology to drive them are always going to have some problems, you mm -hmm. know, being relevant after the first couple of years. Right. So we'll see. I don't know. I hear play pavilion and I just kind of think of a giant indoor kids club type of thing. Which would be cool for, you know, for kids that if that's the way they're going, that would be neat. But I'm interested to see exactly what it is that they're talking about, exactly what it's going well, to be. I will have to show you some of the concept art. Yeah, I would like that. Um, there, there is other Epcot news. There is. Um, the entrance fountain at Epcot has begun to be dismantled in preparation to build a new fountain. Based on the released artwork, it seems that the new fountain, it's not really new, um, because it's going to be reminiscent of the original fountain that stood in the entrance when Epcot first opened in 1982. Um, that original fountain was removed as part of the Leave a Legacy transformation, which was unveiled in 1999 as part of Disney World's Millennium Celebration. So I hadn't realized exactly how much they had changed as a part of the legal, Leave a Legacy. I had, had thought that it was just the monoliths that had gone up. Right. Um, I didn't realize that there were so many other changes associated with that. Right. And you and I started going in 98, so 99 was our second trip as a couple. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't been, you know, I, it had probably been like a good six or seven years since I'd been there before that. Right. The same for me. So Yeah, uh, and plus I was a child when I went, so it's I not the sort of thing. You don't really remember the fountain at the entrance when yeah. you're, you know, twelve years but old. But you were not a child when I when I was uh, dating you. No. Well, you kind of were. <laughs> but you weren't. You were legal. That's all Good. Um other Epcot news, cast members are being trained and food booths are being unshuttered in preparation for the Food and Wine Festival beginning August twenty ninth. New this year is an Alps booth, which will be located near the Norway Pavilion. What kind of food food do you think they will be serving in the Alps, Cheryl? <laughs> well, I happen to have the menu for the Alps booth here. Um, and apparently, in the Alps, they eat warm raclette Swiss cheese with baby potatoes, cornichons, and baguette. They also eat venison stew with crushed potatoes. And for dessert, the only thing they like in the Alps is um, blueberry and almond Frangipan tart with cream frachet cream and blue diamond almonds. Hmm. I believe that is frangipane. I don't think so. No, I know. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Um, for beverages. Are you going to try the... Now, the first time we recorded this, you would not try the beverages. Are you going to no, try No, I'm taking the, the last two. And okay. And you can do the first three. Okay. They're wines is what they're offering, I think. I think these are wines. So go ahead, Tony. What are the wines? All right. The uh, first one is a Domaine Carrel at Phil Eugene... Jean-Jules Blanc, Cave de la Côte Rosé Gamay Romand, and René Favre Dole Chemesson. Very nice. Thank they are you. also offering a frozen rosé and a, white, a wine flight. Ooh, wine flight. That sounds good. I know. I'll have that because I can yes. say it. Also in Epcot, um, 
Just in time for the Food and Wine Festival, the walls are down around the seating area in the American Adventure. Um, it offers lots of space to sit with your booth eats. So definitely going to be needed. No one likes having to balance their uh, food on their lap as they sit on you know the edge of a uh, flower bed or something. Right. Now, here here is a very important question. Mm-hmm. So these tables are here. Yes. What is quick service etiquette? Do oh. you, when you walk in and there is a line at the kiosk, do you send your family to get a table so that in 15 minutes when you get your food, you can eat and then tie up a table for someone who might have their food right now? Or do you wait until you get your food to find a table? That's a tricky question because it's sort of a um, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. Because I would like to say that, I mean, you need to leave these tables open so that when people get their food, they can sit there. And if you're sitting for for 15 minutes or a half an hour waiting for your family to come, you know, and there's people balancing their food on a trash can, that's not very nice. No. But when we go someplace and it's crazy busy, the very first thing I do is send my family to get a table because I don't want to be the person balancing my... Right. Without a place to sit. So um, I think it would be nice if, especially places like Disney, had some way to handle that. We've been some places where they will actually, like, seat you when you Mm -hmm. get your food. So, you know, they they make a point of, um, you know, saving side tables and people aren't seated until they have their food. Right. Um, That's nice if they can do that. Do you really want the table police coming by? Like, oh, no food, move along. No, but if they have, if it's roped off so that only people who have purchased things are coming in with their trays and they're finding you a seat, it's not open seating. So I think that's a nice idea. I also try to remember when it is that busy I'll have my family wait in line with me, you know, for the first half of our waiting. And then, you know, a few minutes before we get our food, like maybe once we ordered while we're waiting for our food, I'll send right. somebody to look for a table. Because, so. you know, you think of like Picos Bills, you know, there's multiple entrances and there's an entrance that are there's just by tables. There, obviously. The yeah, food. you couldn't do it. You know, do you station somebody at every door? And if you don't have food with you, you can't have a seat. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, it's the, it's a conundrum. Because yeah, I mean, you, it depends you, on the place. You can't win if you sit because you're an idiot, you know, you're a jerk because, oh, look at that guy, he's got no food. Right. Or you're that family who's wandering around like, you know, like Moses leading the Israelites <sighs> trying to find a table, but everybody, you know, every table is just empty, <laughs> you know? Uh, but this looks like, um, you know, I mean, when you're at the booths, I think in when you're in... Um, the World Showcase, it's not so much like that. I mean, there's only select seats, but they're kind of, you know, sprinkled throughout. So it's kind of hard to even send your family for right. a spot because the the sitting area isn't necessarily near the booth where you get your food. You've kind and, of got to walk a and, little And ways. I just, I think the tough thing is looking at these pictures, you know, they're pretty much what you would picture. They're, they're picnic tables. They are picnic tables, yeah. And the tough thing about picnic tables is they usually fit three people across on each side. Right. And, you know, the average family is a family of four. So, you know, would you, as if you and I were there and you saw a family of four sitting there, would you like, hey, do you mind if we take this little one third of your table? No, but I think if you're talking about two people, if it was the two of us and we were looking for a spot and there was nothing open and there was another couple, I, you know, I wouldn't mind asking to join uh, two people. But For food. Okay. Yes, for food. <laughs> okay. Wasn't sure what we're getting into. Um in, in Hollywood Studios, 
Um, as we're aware, and we've talked about, they are opening up a new section. Are they? Soon. They are. What is it called? Yeah, it's, it's called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Not wow, sure if you've heard of I it. haven't. It was, uh, they announced it a little before the Play Pavilion. Okay. So we'll have to catch you up. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's been open now in California since May, and apparently some of the merchandise has been a little more popular than other merchandise. And it looks like they are taking the opportunity to adjust their pricing accordingly. Yeah, so we had talked about um, the legacy lightsabers have gone up. Um, And, you know, maybe that kind of made sense. And it it plays into what Tony was talking about. Like, you know, things, the more popular things when they open, the things that were hard to get or the things that were the best sellers, they decided to bump up the pricing on. So there's a whole other list now of things that um, Disney decided were uh, worthy of being uh, bumped up in price. But the funny thing is, when you look at what these items are, I don't see how they're worth more money. Like, there's no way these were selling out. Right. So, um, so some of the items, a lot of them are, are plush items. So what they, is a plush item? It's a, like a stuffed animal. Okay. It is a stuffed animal. So, um, they used to be, this grouping of them used to be $18 and they've gone up to 20. Um, and that's for the plush porg. Oh, you I'm, can read I'm, these. No, what no, are these? no, go ahead. Cause I'm waiting to see how you the pronounce plush these. Ashoka Tano. Okay. Am I close? Sure. Go ahead. Um, the plush Tuka doll. The plush Ewok and the plush Watto. Excellent. Did well I do done. them right? You, you, you did okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't see those things being that popular. I think they just looked and thought like, eh, we can get another $2 for these. Right. Like, it's not that they're like, oh, they're selling out. Let's, right. you know. And technically they're nineteen ninety nine, so they've kept it under $20. <laughs> right, right. So you know what used to be under $20 at nineteen ninety nine? Oh. So in 1999, you used to get your plush Kylo Ren, Lando Calrissian, First Order Stormtrooper, Darth Vader, Jabba the Hutt, Chewbacca, Rey, Yoda, and Princess Leia. And now? Now they're 22.99. Right. So they've bumped those up by three dollars. And you, you, I don't have pictures of these in here, so you can't see what they look like. But like, really, I who's buying these? Yeah, it doesn't matter. the The thing is that they are being bought, and when you sell a hundred thousand of them. At an increased cost of three dollars, you've just made an additional three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I. It's like a who, especially like a Darth Vader, who's buying a stuffed animal, Darth Vader, and they're more His like. His name um, is uh, David <laughs> David Leonard. <laughs> they're more like um, they're like flat. They they're almost like pillows. They right. don't have a lot of dimension to them. I right. mean, some of them are they're kind of cute. Like you know, I don't know. The Princess Leia was kind of cute. Maybe the Chewbacca, but. Uh, I don't know. Melissa is not buying uh, plushes. No? No. But did she tell you this? Yes. Oh. No, I'm just giving her a shout out. Oh. Because she listens to all the shows. Hi, Melissa. So other items that are seeing a price increase include the Sabak card game from $16.99. No. To $16.99 from $14.99. The Frog Dog Croaking Instrument and Convor Whistle have uh, increased $2 from $17.99 to $19.99. And the Wooden Stormtrooper Dolls which were priced at twenty four ninety nine, have increased to thirty nine ninety nine. Well, they must have been a huge hit. I mean, everybody must have been buying wooden stormtrooper dolls. Everybody. Because how? That's almost double. You know who likes the wooden dolls? Who? The Dutch. <laughs> okay, so all the Dutch people showed up <laughs> at Galaxy's Edge, right? And exactly. bought these wooden stormtroopers. So exactly. I thought that was kind of crazy, but yeah. I had no plans to buy any of these things. So no. I don't care. And the the lightsaber I buy will be a custom built lightsaber for one ninety nine. So uh, so we don't have to spend the extra. 
20 bucks. Nice. Well, we don't have to spend $70 less to buy the Legacy lightsaber. We're going to build our own for $199. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on my mantle next to my Captain America shield. And so when you're trying to get around uh, the Disney parks, everyone wants to have their magic band. Now we've got all these uh, new designs, and another one was released. They have a Vampire Mickey magic band. That will be $29.99, and it is limited release, and that's available in the parks. And probably at um, Disney Springs, I would think. Right. But not, um, but not in the pre-order that you can do online when you have a trip planned. Not through my Disney experience. Right. Okay. Uh, good news in the resorts. Mobile ordering is now available. Speaking of my Disney experience, mobile ordering is now available at seven newly participating quick service restaurants, including Sasagula Floatworks and Food Factory at Disney's Port Orleans Resort French Quarter. The World Premier Food Court, the End Zone Food Court, and the Intermission Food Cart Court at Disney's All-Star Resorts, as well as Everything Pop Shopping and Dining at the Pop Century Resort, the Mara at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, and the Contempo Cafe at Disney's Contemporary Resort. These locations are the latest addition to the mobile ordering lineup joining Centertown Market and Spyglass Grill at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resorts, as well as over 20 other quick service locations throughout the four theme parks in Disney Springs area. I like the mobile order option. No, we haven't done that at Disney World, have we? haven't we? done it at uh, Disney World. Did we? We might have. We did it at um, Pecos Bills. Did we? Yes. And it was nice. You just oh, sort of walked up. Oh, that's right, because you wanted the extra guacamole, and it wasn't like an option thing. No, we ordered guacamole, and they gave us chips with it, but they gave us the tedious little bag of chips. There so I asked go. for more, and they gave it to us, which, you know, was fine. But anyway, um, yeah, we did try. I think that might have been the only place we did it in Disney World. And then we did it a lot in Disneyland. Yes. Um, but this, you know, it's easier. I, I think it's a great concept. Uh, I like mobile ordering. Uh, the thing I find ridiculous is like Blaze Pizza, which is out in Disney Springs, which is a third-party restaurant. It's not owned by Disney. They have an app, their own app, that you can order from ahead of time and pick it up, but not in Disney Springs. Mm, the one place where you really, really need it. Right. The one place where there's a 40-minute line and you can't use it. So the one that's in the furniture store in New Haven, we can use it at, where there's always like six people, right. if you're lucky. There was yeah. no people there when we went last time. Right. But at Disney Springs, where there's a line of 30 people. Right. You can't use can't it. can't use it. Well... So I, I think it's, it's, you know, it's pretty good because like you've said, you know, at some points those lines are pretty long, especially if, you know, you go to lunch and it's 12 o'clock, you're going to encounter your biggest crowds of the day. If you're eating off hours, you know, your lines aren't going to be that long, but you know. I don't know. How does it, it must work with the Disney dining plan, but it does not work with discounts. So I don't even think you can use like an AP discount. Um... What was my problem when we were trying to use it? I didn't want to pay with a credit card. Oh, I didn't want to pay with a credit card. I wanted it to go on the room charge. Which they I didn't want to. They it doesn't work right. like that. I don't want to. I didn't want a separate um, bill to my credit card because we buy um, Disney gift cards ahead of time at a discount at like Target for like their five percent discount, and then I use those to buy food. So um, when things get charged to our room account. Then I just go and pay that off with our gift card, right. which I couldn't do. So I was missing out on my 5% for food, which was a little Got you. Well, disappointing. Adam will have to tell us if you can use your AP discount uh, I don't know. I, with, yeah. with the mobile ordering. Yeah. All right. Now, we've kind of come full circle, even though our newscast is not yet over. or, or uh, Wow. We're, we're going to have an all-news show today. No filler. Uh, but Port Orleans French Quarter has brought back the pumpkin spice Mickey-shaped beignets. It Yay! truly is the arrival of fall. 
They can be found at Sasagula Floatworks and Food Factory at the Food Court at French Quarter. Um, I'm not necessarily a huge pumpkin spice person. It's definitely been overdone, but I think those would probably be delicious, and I should probably get down there and get some. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. I'll be back in maybe, a couple days. Maybe the Disney Drive Time podcast can get press credentials for the Galaxy's Edge opening. Oh. You can go. I'm going to eat beignets. Okay. All right. What's going on in uh, nefarious news? <laughs> I don't really know what that word means. It must mean like bad people. Yes. Okay. Um, so you probably have seen this story. It's been around a little bit if you have uh, if you follow any Disney news on um, you know Facebook or uh, Instagram or anything. The but, internet. Yeah, the internet. Uh, the Orlando Sentinel reports that an ex Disney Typhoon Lagoon worker. Uh, returned to the park to steal wallets from employees. So a 28-year-old Windermere woman has been arrested and charged with several crimes after she was accused of stealing cash, credit cards, gift cards, and other items from the employee locker room at Walt Disney World's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park. Cheryl Agnosto, giving Cheryl's a bad name, but she spells it terribly, so. She does. She used to work at the water park, which is how she knew how to navigate behind the scenes areas of the park, according to an Orange County Sheriff's Office arrest affidavit. She took credit cards and cash from Disney employees, buying gas for her car, food at Gator's Dockside, and attempting to buy uh, more than $250 in alcohol, the report said. Hmm. Currently, Agosto is employed for a third party at Disney Springs, although the report did not state where. Well, I will be crossing her off my Tinder Hopefully list. she's not working at Blaze Pizza. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully she's working at, like, the crazy sock place. Little mismatched. Yeah. Yeah. Is that still there? It's It's gone. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe she maybe, is, too. Maybe that's why she needs money, because maybe. her little mismatched sock job is gone. <laughs> um... So uh, recently we, uh, and that's sad when, when employees do that. But at, at It is, I mean, because I feel like, you know, Disney employees are some of the best and I think they're well screened. Um, yeah, but you know what, they, they glom onto something and, you know, there's always some type of sting going on down there and it's always, you know, ex-Disney employee. This guy was employed by Disney in 1982 and, you know, in 2016 uh, he was rounded up and... Well, she's only 28 years old though, so it couldn't have been that long ago she worked for yeah. Disney. Who knows? All right. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, she gets scared straight and her life turns around. On to more fun and delicious news. On to more fun news. Uh, the Plaza Restaurant in the Magic Kingdom is joining the Extreme Shake Club. Previously, they were only offering the chocolate Extreme Shake, but now they have added a mini strawberry Extreme Shake that features a strawberry milkshake topped with a strawberry ice cream cone, a strawberry frosted glazed donut, two Oreo ears, whipped cream, a white chocolate Minnie Mouse bow. Uh, bow colored in the Minnie Mouse bow colors and some pink candies around the rim. It is $14 and can be shared. It should be shared. This thing is huge. Um, this I've just gone into diabetic overload uh, <laughs> just reading this description and I you know, I, I think I mentioned this the other day. It's just, it's nuts. You well, know, Do I want a shake topped with a pie topped with a cake, topped with a donut, topped yes. with an eclair? Yes, you want that. I do? I do. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I want these things. Right. I think it's funny how, um, you know, Disney's definitely jumped on the bandwagon with a lot of these things that become trends. You know, I mean, that's, it's all the rage now, or it has been for a while. I don't know if it's on the downward trend, but, um, you know, these extreme milkshakes with, you know, a slice of cake on the top or right. whatever. Um, but they're getting in on it and, you know, they're cute. 
I, you know, if we were there with the girls and they wanted to get one, I would share oh, one. Oh, if they wanted to get one. Girls, don't you want a milkshake? Well, I couldn't share it with you because you don't, you wouldn't do all the strawberry frostedness. No, I wouldn't. No. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So if the girls were with me, um, maybe I'd you try know, it. What happened to the old days when a milkshake was a milkshake? You know, it's just like a hot dog being a hot dog. Now you've got to have like, you know, extreme toppings on your hot dogs at Casey's. They've got the hot dog of the month. You've got to have the extreme milkshake. When was a milkshake just a milkshake? Tony, you sound like a cranky old man. I am a cranky old man. Um, let's so, see. Uh, speaking of cranky old men, this yes. makes me a cranky old man because I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Um, there's an exclusive Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom card. A new one that's been revealed. What? I don't know what? what that is. Luckily, our kids never played Sorcerers of Magic of the Magic Kingdom. Um, so Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party returns to the park this Friday, and this year, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom fans can pick up an event-exclusive game card inspired by the party's brand new fireworks show, Disney's Not So Spooky Spectacular. Spectacular. According to Imagineer Jonathan Ackley, the Phantasmal Fireworks Flash card was created after Merlin the Magician was impressed and excited for the new spectacular that he created a spell in its honor. Um, in case you're new to Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, like Cheryl is, this in-park interactive experience allows guests of all ages to join Merlin's quest to stop Disney villains from taking over the Magic Kingdom park. Guests search for villain hideouts throughout the park and visit magic portals where they use spell cards to fight back against a villain's plan. Your journey begins at the Firehouse on Main Street, where you pick up everything you need to play. This special event card will be distributed separately and in addition to the regular Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom card packs at this location. Guests must register to play with their party ticket and event wristbands in order to get cards. So many questions. So, what we knew this as, our girls did Kim Possible and um, what was the Perry the Platypus one? Right, yeah. Uh, in Epcot when they had the adventures there. Uh, and they were interactive adventures that utilized technology with little cell phones and things would pop up and you had to solve the case and the mystery. And then they started doing this this card game in the Magic Kingdom where you have to cast spells against villains to defeat the villains. But the cards, uh, you know, there's multiple cards per pack and different spells that can be done. So, um, so the question I have. Yes. Is it free? It is free. Is it really? But the cards... Right. So now the cards have become like a secondary market thing where if we go to the party and we get this new card, we're not going to use it. But you know what? We can stick it on eBay, you know, for 20 bucks and somebody will buy it from you. So you don't actually have to pay for the cards? How do you you just get them? They give you, from from what I understand, uh, they are distributed at the uh, firehouse location. Okay. All right. So then my second question is, who are these people that have all this extra time to just like poke around, especially at something like a Halloween party that you just paid, you know, $95 a person to get into? Like, you know, everybody's, you know, trying to, oh, you got to wait in line for two hours if you want to see uh, Jack and Sally, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you have such a short time to ride these rides without well, too many lines. these people, after they sat down for a table service meal during the middle of the Halloween party <laughs> and wasted an hour and ten minutes, they then went and did the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom for another 20 minutes, and then they're very upset because they couldn't see Moana. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on at the Halloween party between the fireworks and the parade and wanting to go on a few rides and maybe taking a picture with characters and you know, trick-or-treating. I don't understand how anyone would possibly have time for that. But you know who's doing it? Who? Not us. <laughs> Definitely not us. Um, on the Disney fantasy, now now we're out of the parks. Finally, we're, we're leaving Florida. We, we haven't talked anything about Disneyland Florida. today. 
Well, the ship's in international waters. Um, On the Disney Fantasy, the last showing of the stage show Disney Wishes will be on August 31st. A new show, Frozen, a musical spectacular, will debut on August August, October 26th. How do you feel about the change? Uh, I'm okay with it, I guess. I mean, we've seen, we've cruised a few times, so we've seen all of the shows at least once. Right. So I'm okay with the change, although... They have, um, I think Frozen is on the magic, mm-hmm. so that's, I, I think it's kind of a bummer when they're the same shows across ships, because, you know, when you get on a new ship, it's not like you get to see a new show necessarily. Right. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, and then there's actually, like, there's a gap there, so there's a period of time where there's no show. Well, there won't be no show. That'll be the night that the ventriloquist does a show in the theater. But a f- a f- the fantasy does seven night cruises. Right. There's two, sh- there's th- usually three shows, and then the right. rest is, you know, variety performers. Um, but now there's only going to be two shows for those few weeks in there. Right. Um, so, I mean, they'll still be playing, what are the two that they play there? Aladdin and Believe. Right. And the Golden, do they do the Golden Mickeys? I don't think no? so. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I like the Golden Mickeys. Um, but, you know, it'll be one less one less show so you'll have I don't know variety performers which I would be fine with because I've seen all these shows mm-hmm. but if it was my first cruise but if it's your first cruise you're, you really don't you know you don't know any missing. better right I guess I just wish they would wait you know uh, less than 10 years to swap out a show yeah I know well that's because we're know, frequent cl- like, cruisers I, so. love, I love the Golden Mickeys I just wish that they would update it because like Whoopi Goldberg's kind of not like you know like why is Whoopi talking and right. they're going to have to update it pretty soon anyway because Bob Iger is going to be transitioning out so right. his scene but uh, that's that's exciting cruise news mm-hmm. and then our last story involves Disney Plus which we've talked about before right yeah and I'm very excited for uh, Disney Plus will be Disney's new streaming service debuting on November 12th and it has been announced that the live-action film of Lady and the Tramp will debut on Disney Plus uh, when it launches on November 12th. This film is a live adaptation of the 1955 animated Disney classic, and the characters will be voiced by Tessa Thompson and Justin Theroux. The canine cast will be portrayed by rescue dogs who found their forever homes when production ended. This film is getting a lot of attention for being featured on this month's cover of D23 Magazine. So do you know who Tessa Thompson is? No. Uh, she played Valkyrie in uh, the Thor movie and Avengers. Okay. And Justin Thoreau. Uh, all I know is he used to be married to Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully. But he's an actor and a screenwriter. And, um, you know, it, it's nice to see that they are spreading the wealth uh, and not putting all of these, you know, live action films to uh, the big screen. Right. Uh, I just wonder if, you know, they think that a live action adaptation of Lady and the Tramp isn't good, isn't good enough to go to the big screen. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're learning from, I mean, they're doing all these live adaptations and I think a lot of them aren't good enough to go to the big screen. I just, I just hope that some of these live adaptations are better than stuff that would be on the Disney channel. Yeah. You know, cause like they did that live action Kim Possible and I thought it would be a great idea. And then you see it and it's like, wow, this really belongs on the Disney channel. <laughs> yes. You know, so are the, are the, is it going to be like the, the really kind of like low level movies go on the Disney channel, then a step up is Disney Plus and then a feature film? 
Maybe. You know, so you can kind of grade it by by where it's released. Right. I just hope that the budget for Disney Plus would be a little better than what the it Disney It might be. Channel I mean, had. this is the first one they're putting out. So, you know, maybe going forward after that, it's they might be a little bit more B-level. But I right. would hope that they're investing more into this one because it's going to be like, I've the seen the dogs. One. They're pretty cute. Are they? Yeah. Okay. So good. So, um... Before we end, um, just a couple of things. We are going to be wrapping up doing our show on the Two Dudes Talking Disney feed. So if you would like to be continuing to get notified when these shows come out, please join our Facebook group. Which is called Disney Drive Time Podcast. Right. So give a look for it. And um, yeah, that's it. All right. So until tomorrow... I'm Tony. I'm Cheryl. And this is the Disney Drive Time Podcast.